The stories contained in this podcast are the recollections of the guests we've invited onto the show. We are merely an outlet for people to share their truths, and we accept no legal responsibility for the stories contained herein. I'm Kendra Sheets. And I'm Rich Gill. And this is Enough, a podcast which aims to shine light to the darkened corners of the music industry while discussing the ways we can and should improve ourselves and in turn, our community. Welcome to another episode of the Enough podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kendra Sheets. And I'm your other host, Rich Gill. And today we are going to be talking about consent. Let's start at the beginning with our old good buddy, Mr. Merriam-Webster, and his archaic and very generalized definition of the word. So, according to the dictionary, consent means to give assent or approval to agree. But consent is much more than that, especially when you're using it the way we are today. Of course, we're talking about consent as it's related to sex, boundaries, and intimacy with another person. When I was growing up, I was kind of taught about consent. But it wasn't really ever labeled as that. You weren't said like, oh, this is consent. I was told that guys were going to try to hook up with me and they may ask for permission to do so, but others wouldn't. And either way, it was my responsibility to tell them no. All of them. Every single guy I should always tell no to. Even the ones who asked. Always no. My parents wanted me to be a 40-year-old virgin, I guess. I don't know. Um, but honestly, Just like the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but honestly, but that that's like the talk that I actually got. I was taught that I was the consenting preteen or teen or adult. And that burden was on me as a woman or just me as a person, because men only had one thing on their minds and they wouldn't ask. They would just push. Now, I can't speak for the way others in my age range or in the Midwest or in the U.S. were raised. But I feel that while no one really defined consent as a term to me, we were taught that it was almost like the silent understanding between two people. And if both people kept moving forward through this hooking up process, it would be totally fine. You did not have to verbalize anything at all. Of course, we now not only have a solid definition, we also know that what Kendra just said is not considered consent at all. And it was basically the same way when i mean i'm not that much older than kendra i mean like a little bit a little bit (laughs) i am gen x technically so (laughs) old 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 (laughs) old but it was the same way with well even less in my generation consent was never talked about it was never a conversation that was had with parents teachers grown-ups at all it was just we never talked about it now rain.org defines consent as an agreement between participants to engage in sexual activity. Consent should be clearly and freely communicated. A verbal and affirmative expression of consent can help both you and your partner to understand and respect each other's boundaries. It goes on to add that consent cannot be given by individuals who are underage, intoxicated or incapacitated by drugs or alcohol, or asleep or unconscious. If someone agrees to an activity under pressure of intimidation or threat, that isn't considered consent because it was not freely given. That's the important part there, given freely. Unequal power dynamics, such as engaging in sexual activity with an employee or student, also means that consent cannot be freely given. And Planned Parenthood actually states that any sexual activity without consent is automatically rape or sexual assault. And I think that part about giving your consent freely 
not being intoxicated or underage, asleep, unconscious, um, anything like that is so important because I feel like that has really been what's been lacking from the public sphere of knowledge. So as you know, we, we kind of knew about consent in that kind of strange whisper way that I talked about. And then the next generation probably got some terminology behind it. But I don't know when it was really added on as as kind of this overall knowledge that this person needs to be cognizant of what's happening. How many cases have there been where the power dynamics have been just completely off and the abuser uses their stature to manipulate the victim into doing something that they didn't want to do only to say post abuse that that person was into it the entire time. I think that having this unified public definition is so important because it sets a precedent for something that is considered almost intangible at times. Consent's definition may have changed or at least become more specific over the last few years, but that is not uncommon in today's society. We talk about this all the time, how the language is constantly changing and stuff from even a year or two ago. It's like upgrading the definitions almost. It's exactly like upgrading the definitions, yes. Think about the term safe space. Ten years ago, that term was rarely used or heard, but it forced its way into the music scene and other areas of culture until it became the common, popularized phrase it is now. It's more streamlined, it's more understood, and people, including the angry all-cap writing grannies or grandpas on social media, use it. (laughs) All right. So we got a definition of consent which literally outlines what one is expected to and not to do. So why is talking about and engaging in consent still kind of feel like, I don't know, like lackluster or like kind of boring? I think that may depend on the generation and the location in which you are raised. Gen Z is going to be just fine. They're absolutely fabulous. I honestly think that If the planet doesn't explode, it's going to be because of Gen Z and all of the work that they're putting in. But for my generation, millennials, and Rich's generation, which is I think is like baby boomers or something, I don't know, um, and like all of the other generations before us, the idea of of talking about your sexual wants and your needs wasn't really something that was ingrained into us. Honestly, talking about sex just doesn't really seem that sexy to me and once again like i was raised in the midwest so like maybe coaster like a new york city person like might feel a little bit different but like when we had our classes you know in high school sex ed it was more or less like this is the machinery and this is how you get the machinery to work there was no commentary to that and it was so cut and dry that it definitely wasn't sexy to talk about sex at least in that way like, wouldn't we all just rather have someone fling open the door, storm into our room in a passionate rage and throw themselves upon us while we both know exactly what we both want without saying one thing to each other? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, Rich, real life isn't a, the Twilight series. So what? Like, that's, it's just not going to work. What? Team Jacob. Hashtag Team Jacob. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so we should really be talking about what's cool for us and what is just not on the table at all. People think that talking about sex makes it not sexy, but I guess, you know, it can be. Also, safety itself can be a very sexually freeing thing in that you know that you're secure and you can actually feel free to be yourself without any sort of additional societal boundaries or concerns. You've laid the groundwork and you know exactly the frame that you're going to fit the next 
so many minutes to an hour of your time. Like in so many areas of life, communication is key. Consent should happen for every single activity. If someone consents to be kissed, it does not mean that they are DTF. And just because you have had sex with someone before, it doesn't mean that they are down to do it again. A dialogue about boundaries and expectations should happen before engaging in any sexual behavior. Also, very important to keep in mind, anyone can withdraw consent at any point during any action, even if someone tries to bring up the whole blue balls excuse, which is, does, does that actually happen? It does. Stop using it. It's gross. No one wants to hear about it. But like, do they get blue? Because like, that's something I kind of would want to see. <laughs> Like, show me. If someone consents to showing you, then <laughs> that is something that can happen. There we go. Yeah. An acronym that has been used is FRIES. FRIES stands for F, freely given, making the choice without pressure, manipulation, drugs, alcohol, etc. R, reversible, being able to change one's mind at any time during the interaction. I, informed, consenting only when you have the full story. For example, a condom will be used. If it's not, it's not full consent. Also, isn't that called stealthing? I think is... Yes, it is. And it happens more frequently than you think. That is also terrifying and gross. Gross. Yeah. Uh, e, enthusiastic. Doing what you want to do. Not feeling expected to do anything. And S, specific. Saying yes to one thing does not mean yes to everything. We will include a graphic of fries on our Instagram page so you can all see it. And everybody loves fries, so. Uh, yeah. All right, so we know what consent is. We know what it's not. So why does this topic still kind of feel icky in some way? Because if any non-consensual sex is considered assault, and assaults happen within relationships, dates, and between people who know each other, that that means that we have all, and I mean all, crossed someone's boundaries before at some time. And we talk about assault like it's a thing that bad people have done, not those that we know or keep around as friends or acquaintances or in our close inner circle. As these definitions shift and change, just as our culture will, we can look back with the new knowledge that we have acquired and realize that we have violated boundaries before. Maybe the person said no, but you kept pushing until they actually agreed. Maybe they didn't say anything, but their body language spoke for them. Maybe they were drunk. It's, it's all really the same when you look at the de definition of consent as is right now. And it's a really hard pill to swallow. Rich and I have both admitted to past mistakes on this show before at least a handful of times. But it's always hard to grapple with something that you did in the past that you now know is wrong and that you would not do in this current version of yourself. And also, like, it's not a situation when we talk about, like, the current version of us versus the past us where you're off the hook because past you did something that current you wouldn't do. Like, you still did that. Again, the times have changed. Your knowledge has grown as you've grown as a person. But all we ever ask for of ourselves and hopefully of other people is that we, we hold ourselves accountable for the things that we've done before. And again, those, those behaviors have not always been in line with what we would do today in those exact same situations. Accountability is like the, the big thing that we're looking for here with ourselves, with this podcast. Only when we are able to look back on ourselves in retrospect, 
are we able to move forward? We're not interested in canceling anyone. This is not a cancel culture podcast. It's about curative culture, really. I mean, something where it's it's healing. It's it's taking the, the current state of things, the past state of things, your past actions, and learning from them and moving forward and moving past some of those. So we can move together as a society, as a music scene, as so much more than that. You can have someone's best intentions in mind, but that doesn't mean that you won't fuck up. We all fuck up. We're all human and our realities are only our own. We're living life through how our brains perceive each moment, which is why communication with others is so, so important. Your reality is not the only one. Kendra and I can go do something and then each of us could describe what happened totally differently because we're living our own lives and have our own realities. You should always speak to the other person, ask for their input, for their consent, and really, truly listen when they respond. If they say no, take that answer for what it is and just move on. Don't try to pressure them. Don't try to bargain with them or haggle. This isn't a swap meet. No means no. But keep the lines of communication open. Not talking isn't keeping us safe. It never has, and especially not now. It's the sole thing that keeps us struggling in the dark. Enough is a podcast centering on abuse, harassment, and assault in the music scene. To help get the word out, please like or subscribe and share with your friends. If you have been on the receiving end of harm from someone, be it artist, venue owner, audience member, or someone else, and would like to share your story on a future episode, please reach out to us at thisisenoughpodcast at gmail.com. All correspondences are kept confidential.